Praise God. Everybody happy? Praise the Lord. I'm sure you've heard a lot about impeachment lately. You know, impeachment is just a part of the process. You have to convict on the other side. Well, we've already impeached the devil. He's already been convicted. Why don't we just kick him out? Kick him out, yes. Praise God. So good to be in the house of the Lord again tonight and to worship the Lord with some of the finest people in the world. This is your church, and you ought to thank God for a great church. The great church is not made up of the ministry alone and is not made up of the Holy Ghost alone. That's all going to go on whether anybody's here or not, but it's a great church because you're here. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a great church because you're here. That's what makes a great church is great people. So good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Praise God. Our lesson tonight is going to be found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 30, and verse number 1. Praise God. Sister Helen Watkins Memorial Service is going to be at Green Lawn. Graveside, the 20th at 1 p.m. It's Graveside at Green Lawn on the Hill at 1 p.m. And everybody's invited to be there. A great lady. Many of you didn't know her because she never caused any trouble. You know people because they cause trouble. If you, look at, if you look at journalism, the only ones that get wrote up are those that cause trouble. They don't write up about things that's happened good. We don't get the headlines in the Bakersfield paper. But I tell you what, if something goes wrong, we'll get headlines. So, Sister Helen was just one of those ladies that maybe a lot of you didn't know that close, but she was a dear, dear saint of God and faithful to this church. And she went for her reward. And we're thankful that God has given her peace and comfort and a final healing. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 30, verse number 1. Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit that they may add sin to sin. And I'd like to teach tonight simply called the covering, the covering. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Savior, we love you and thank you today that you have given to us this opportunity, the opportunity to be in your house, the opportunity to know your word, feel your word, understand your word. Let your glory be in this house today. Let your word be in our hearts, our lives, and our spirits. And we ask these things uh, in the wonderful name of the Lord. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> Isaiah was an interesting prophet. He prophesied and worked in the ministry of Israel for some 66 years. There's, six, there's 66 chapters in his writings 
There's 66 books in the Bible. So he was unique in a lot of ways. He spoke to the rebellion side of Israel often, but he's also known as one of the great one God writers of the Old Testament. The introduction to this 30th chapter, he said, woe to the rebellious children that taketh counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. Tonight, for this little while, you need a covering. You need something to cover your past. You need something to cover your future. You need something to cover your present. Nehemiah said, they have fought us and they didn't cover their iniquity. Obadiah said, shame shall cover thee. Hosea wrote, they cried for the mountains and the hills to cover them. Isaiah in another place said their works will cover them. Psalmist David said their own confusion will cover them. Job said worms shall cover them. In all of the scriptures that talks about a covering, when you look at the covering of the Old Testament, there was a covering of the tabernacle. It had animal skins. The outer covering was of badger skin. But on the inside, there was coverings of purple, coverings of scarlet and blue, because the intricacies of the inside of the tabernacle was certainly more beautiful than the outside. When we stop and consider tonight that our outside may not always be pretty and our lives may not always be complete, but if we have a covering, a covering, a covering. I want the Spirit of God to cover me. I'm not so concerned about having somebody protect my home with guns. Although it would be nice to be in that wealth category for a while, to have people protecting you where you could take everybody else's guns and you keep yours, but that's where our government likes to talk. But I'm not so concerned about having somebody cover my home for protection. I'm not even so concerned about the insurance on the home to cover the home. There is a need for that. But what I want covered today, I want the blood to cover me. I want the blood of Jesus to cover me. And this scripture relates to a rebellious people. The Lord spoke to them and said, you have a covering, but it's not of my spirit. In other words, you are shielded by things as other writers wrote about your own works. You cover yourself with your works or you cover yourself with confusion or you cover yourself uh, asking even the elements of society to cover you. But he said, they have a covering, but it's not of me, it's not of my spirit. And I would like to teach tonight that we need more than just church. We need more than just a song service. And we even need more than preaching. We need something to cover us and to cover our lives. David was given the three choices when he made a mistake in his own self-will. 
And he said these words, I'm not even going to make that kind of choice. I'm going to fall on the mercy of God. I'm not going to trust in ritual. I'm not going to trust in dogma. I'm not going to trust in church organization. And I'm not going to trust in church attendance. I'm going to trust in the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to trust in his mercy. For his mercy endureth forever. There's not a time in the history of the Bible where mercy is ever trampled underfoot or done away with, confused, or has some diminishing factor. It's always present, the mercy of God. But somewhere you have to fall under the covering of his mercy and understand the power of his grace. When you look to the Old Testament, there is a place of repentance and a place of remission, a place of cleansing their past. They had written in the law a plan that they would slay an animal. It started before the law. It started in the book of Genesis, the first few days of the human race, where Adam and Eve had failed God, and God slew an animal, covered them with the skins of an animal. But deeper than the skins of the animal was the blood that was shed that was very important in sacrifices in the Old Testament. Cain and Abel, somewhere in the understanding of mom and dad's relationship with God, understood that not just the killing of an animal, but it was the blood product of that sacrifice that meant something to them. When it came time for them to make a sacrifice, Cain, of course, brought forth of the fruit of the ground. But Abel seemed to sense there was something deeper than just giving something, but there was a covering of blood that was there that when he slew the animal, God accepted that blood sacrifice rather than Cain's fruits and vegetables. And when I get on this subject, I always like to say that Cain was able to see that there was a reproductive part of his sacrifice. He could take the seed of that fruit and replant it and multiply his sacrifice, and God was not happy with the self-sufficient attitude of Cain, but he was satisfied and he was acceptable to the fact that Abel was slain an animal never to live again. There was no resurrection of that animal, but there was a covering of the blood promise that gave him acceptance to God. And so tonight, if I can somehow help you know and understand there has to be a covering of our lives. If you'll stay under the blood, you can survive forever, whatever, however, and whenever. But if you ever get out of the covering of the blood, you'll never wander so far. You'll never get by with so much that God doesn't look at that. But if you stay under the blood, oh, hallelujah. If you'll stay under the blood, there's a covering in the blood. We don't talk enough about the blood. We don't talk enough about heaven. We don't talk enough about hell. But let me just talk a little bit tonight about the blood. It is so important that in the law, the Lord took the sacrifices, even the original sacrifice of Adam and Eve, and invested it into the law. And they were to once a year bring an animal for every family, and they would slay that animal 
gallons and gallons and hundreds of thousands of gallons was shed every year to cover the past of their people. When God looked at that, he saw that there was something powerful in that, and he instituted it into the law in such a way that it had to be done right and it had to be done thorough. The high priest would take the blood of that sacrifice into the mercy seat and sprinkle that blood at all stations of the tabernacle, but mainly in the mercy seat where he would sprinkle that blood in the mercy seat and that would be acceptable unto God. It is said that the very first sacrifice that the fire never went out on the altar of burnt offerings. It is said of the very first sacrifice that that, that, that fire that came down accepted that sacrifice when the priest took that blood from the sacrifice burnt offering altar to the mercy seat and the fire came down and consumed the sacrifice and that fire never went out. I'll just interject this now. We had a great worship service tonight, but you can never let that fire go out. You never let that fire go out. In fact, worship is a powerful way to understand the power of God and to be able to live with the power of God. So when God invested the bloodshed sacrifice into the law, he wrote several things, and I read to you from the book of Exodus chapter 12 and verse 16. In that first day, there shall be a holy convocation. In the seventh day, there shall be a holy convocation to you. No manner of work shall be done in them, save that which every man must eat. That only may be done of you. And you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for in this selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore shall you observe this day in your generation by an ordinance forever. There was an observation and an ordinance that they must keep forever. And it's passed on from generation to generation. And since we are facing foot washing and communion Sunday night, it's very appropriate that we introduce to you again tonight the importance of the blood of Jesus Christ in our life and the covering that he has given to us. That Old Testament covering was a lot of bloodshed. The Old Testament covering was a lot of animals slain. Some meat was preserved for some things, but most of it was burnt and destroyed. It was to be done away with. And I can tell you today, your yesterdays are already forgotten. God has a covering on us. Aren't you glad the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses? You should have no guilt tonight if you're full of the Holy Ghost. You should have no guilt tonight if you're living under the blood. The guilt comes when you get out from under the blood, when you refuse to let the blood of Jesus Christ cover you. And today, as we teach this lesson, I want you to understand there's a power in the blood that is unmatched by anything else man can do. Your works cannot cover like the blood can cover. Confusion cannot cover like the blood can cover. Nothing in the world can cover like the blood of Jesus Christ. Not a stain of sin, not a moment of confusion. The blood will cover it all. You ought to rejoice in the fact that this is more than just a church. This is where we teach the covering that covers you 
covers you every day of your life, covers every mistake you made every day, and goes through your life as a covering of the Spirit of God. We don't have his blood today. There's been those on the radio who tried to sell things related to the cross. I remember one preacher a long time ago was selling splinters off the old rugged cross. It's a hoax. Other people pray, they, 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 they sell you prayer cloths, prayer rugs. I got one of those prayer rugs one day. They were asking for money and they sent me a prayer rug before I sent the money. I'm glad they did because it was paper. It wasn't even a rug. There's all kinds of things out there that's trying to convince you of different things. But if you could get a grasp tonight to understand the power of the blood of Jesus, it will cover you when you need it. And it will be there when you need it. And the thing about the blood was it was an observation that had to be done every year and to pass it on to generation to generation. I don't know how much you, I, don't, I can't read your mind, so I don't know how much you value this church. But you need to value this church more than rumors, more than gossip, more than failures of others. You need to value this place because this is where the covering is. This is where the blood of Jesus Christ is. This is where his spirit is able to cleanse you and make you right every day of your life. Is everybody perfect in this church? No. None of us is sprouted wings. But I tell you one thing, I'm staying under the blood. I'm staying under the blood. Once a year, they would go and push their sins forward to Calvary. And it took the slain of an animal. And they would take that blood and go through the process of the tabernacle. And it would push their sins forward another year. When Jesus Christ came to fulfill that plan, he not only took care of it for the next year, but he took care of your life from now until the coming of the Lord. I don't know whether that sunk in or not. But you see, a true apostolic church, uh, we believe in repentance. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe in the ability of God's Spirit to cover us. When the enemy comes in like a flood, what does the Bible say? When the enemy comes in like a flood, the accuser of the brethren comes in like a flood. And all the, all the, all the conversation of the enemy accusing you, what happens when that comes in like a flood? The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. I'm telling you, this is more than a church. This is more than a building. This is more than a body of people. We are apostolic, God-called people that believe in the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us and to wash us every day. Matthew, the 26th chapter and the 17th verse said, Now the first day of the feast of the unleavened bread even was brought into the New Testament, the unleavened bread. The disciples came to Jesus and asking him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? Skipping down to the 26th verse, and you'll hear this again probably Sunday night. But as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, 
This is my body. And he took the cup. The cup. What's in the cup? He took the cup. He said, drink ye all of it, for this is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. And this part of it, I've never been able to shake it in my own life because I need it in my own life, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. There is a doctrine in our world today that we are baptized not for the remission of sins, but because of the remission of sins. It's a false doctrine because we were baptized for the remission of sins. The word for and the word because is interchangeable in some places and has similar meanings. But when you reference the scriptures, we were baptized for the remission of your sins. That's a scriptural truth that cannot be shaken. He said, arise and be baptized, washing away your sins. There's a literal happening when you're baptized in Jesus' name. And you go down in the watery grave, baptized in Jesus' name. You take on the name of the man that died for your sins. And invested in that name is the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. And that blood is still efficacious today. That blood is still powerful today. That blood is still effective today. I need it. You need it. Everybody needs it. It's a covering. It's a covering. It's a covering. It's a covering. Isaiah said they had a covering, but it was not of my spirit. There's a lot of people covering a lot of things. Uh, but I'm telling you, when you get covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, you walk in that. You live in that. You abide in that. That's a powerful place to be when you're in God. Hallelujah. All you have to do is utter phrases to God after you've been born again. And there's a covering there that remains. So he said, this is my blood. This is my body which was shed for many for the remission of sins, the removal of sin. We're in a church today that believes biblical doctrine. We're in a church that believes the Bible was written not just for a book to read, but a book to possess and to have on the inside of us. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The blood, the word, and baptism all work together to make a complete work in us today. This is the true covering. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. But since we don't have his blood today, what do we use and how do we partake of it? And how does it cover us? Biblical principles are clear. And I read to you Jesus' words in verse 29. He said, but I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Tonight, I want to so implant in your mind a covering, which is the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. We have neither one of those today, but I'll tell you what we do have. We have the name. 
I don't know how you value the name. But I know the name is so powerful that when you call on that name, all heaven has to stop. It's a name that is above every name. It's a name that every family in heaven and earth is named after. Its name is Jesus. Have you called on it lately? Have you called on it recently? Have you trusted in it at all? When you understand the power of the name, there's power in that name to cover every individual's life. So there's types and anti-types in the Bible. An anti-type is the actual, and a type is what's similar. And so we don't have the original today, but we do have a type. I take you back to the book of Genesis, chapter 14, and verse 17. Abraham has been in battle, and the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Chedorlaomer and the kings that were with him at the valley of Sheba, which is in the Kingsdale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine and was a priest the Most High God. That's a type, again, that is brought into the New Testament. For it was Jesus that spoke of the bread and the wine. It's not something that is just a New Testament scripture. It's an Old Testament type that came in the book of Genesis, 14th chapter, very early in man's day. And it brought to us a New Testament understanding with Jesus himself. He blessed it and said, Blessed be Abraham the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand, and he gave him tithes of all. I'm not preaching on tithes tonight, but it goes together. Covering covers a lot of things. You see, there's a lot of people in our world today that just think church going is, is the answer. And that's really why Churches are failing to fill up their congregations or their buildings. In fact, we had a business meeting today with the church in Shafter. We're looking at another building. And this building looks like it might fly because the people want to sell it to Brother Cabrera and the church in Shafter for nothing down, $1,200 a month, and increases a yearly. And then at the end of five years, they give them all the money back to put down on the property. Now, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's right on Lairdo Highway and Beach in Shafter. So they get good for a daycare. The blessings of God continue when you're faithful to God and you stay under the blood. And so tithes cover a lot of things, but... Since we're not talking about tithes, it is interesting to note that these three things, bread and wine and tithes, were then invested into the law. As Pastor taught just the other day on tithes, it was before the law. People say, well, that's, that's under the law. No, it was before the law. He invested these three things into the law. The blood, sacrifices was a completion of that. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 20 said, Whether the forerunner for us has entered even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. 
So Hebrews picks it up and brings Melchizedek into the picture. Communion, foot washing, is not something that we carelessly do. It's something very important and vital to our future, and it certainly helps in the past. One thing that we do today, we don't slay an animal like the Old Testament. The Old Testament slew an animal and pushed it forward. We participate in the Lord's Supper, and we look back to Calvary that did the original covering of our sin, and his blood was shed for your sins. When we sing songs about the blood, you need to sing it with all that you have in you. You need to rejoice in the power of the blood, for it was shed for the remission of sins. How you get that, of course, uh, is first of all, you have to believe in who Jesus Christ really is. You don't just believe that he is. You've got to believe who he is. He's not the second. He's the first and the last. He's not the middle of the alphabet. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's everything. And when you believe who he is, when you go down in the watery grave in Jesus' name, that blood is still alive and powerful, and it brings about a resurrection in our lives. I could preach to you till I'm blue in the face, and somebody would never really understand the power of this until you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and you know that it all works together. True repentance, true baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Tithing was before the law. Bread and wine was before the law. When the skin of a grape is broken... There is an immediate process of enzymes that develop. And so he chose the fruit of the vine for the very distinct reason and purpose that when you break the skin of a grape, it's type of breaking the skin of the body of Jesus Christ. When his skin was broken, out of his side came blood and water. His spirit came out of that body too. Three things came out of that body. His spirit, yes, he gave up the ghost because he must die as a sacrifice. But out of that body came water and blood and a spirit. There's power in the body of Jesus Christ. Now today we don't have his literal body, but we are the body of Jesus Christ. We're the body. The Bible teaches we're the body. The body has to have cleansing in it. So there has to be a flow of blood. How's that flow of blood comes? It comes when we are worshiping him and enter into his presence. When you enter into his presence, you know, I, I don't have too much time left. Goodness, I got to hurry. When you enter into this building as the body of Christ, you should walk into this building expecting something to happen. You should walk into this building believing that we individually were the sons of God in the world. But as we come into this building, we have become the body of Christ. There's power in the body of Christ. There's power in the blood that flows through the body. There's power in all of that. And so church should never be a second thought. It always ought to be the primary thought. I'm going to church because I need the blood. I'm going to church because I need cleansing. I'm going to the house of God because the body's there. 
we're members in particular. Not one of us any better than the other. One scripture even said, can the eye say to the body, not a part of the body? You know, the eye is a very important part of your body. I don't think you'd ever stand still if you're walking down the sidewalk and a six-foot-seven eyeball rolls down the street looking at you. We're members in particular. And we need, to, we need to consider the body as what it really is. This body, when we're here together and the blood of Jesus Christ is flowing because we're calling on his name, oh, why don't we do it? Why don't we do it? There's a power when you call on his name. Oh, hallelujah. When you call on his name, things happen. Devils have to flee. Disease has to recognize it. Life has to recognize it. When you call on his name in the body of Christ, things happen. We forgive one another. Oh, 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 don't stop worshiping now. When we're calling on his name, we forgive one another. We're in the body right now, and the blood is flowing, and the blood is cleansing, and the blood is making us right. None of us are right, but when the blood makes us right, we can shout because we're right in the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Of course, the blood brought the salvation of the church, and water brought living waters in the Holy Ghost. So you put these things together, and we have a completeness in God today. So when you come to communion on Sunday night, you need to have everything under the blood. You need to have all the forgiveness that you can muster for everybody and work everything out so that it's under the blood. So that when you come to the house of God on Sunday night, you're ready to partake of one of the most important services you'll ever be in. It's where the blood flows in a powerful way because in type, we're taken of his blood and of his body and of his spirit. And that brings life because life is in the blood. Even in the book of Revelations, 7th chapter and the 13th verse, it said, And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. You may think you're perfect. You may think you're the best. But you know, when you think about who you really are, none of us have any ability to save ourselves. But his blood has washed us. His spirit has given us life. Oh, hallelujah. I know there's so much to say, but when we take of the cup, it is a type of his blood. And we use in this house something that the Jewish folks have used ever since the law was somewhat administered. When you see what we participate with, it is under the strict observation and supervision of Jewish rabbis, which means this goes all the way back to what the Lord ordered them correctly to do. They've kept this for years, centuries, and they still use the same process 
today. And so we use that same process. Some have mistaken us to use alcoholic wine, what the winos use and the alcoholics use. We use a wine that does have some alcohol in it, but it's only of itself. You take the vinegar of wines and you take the distilled wines. They can increase the amount of and the volume of alcohol by distilling it. They boil it till the water evaporates so the alcohol stays and it increases the alcohol content. We don't use that which man tampers with. We use what the rabbis still use by the same recipes for centuries and centuries. We don't use juice because juice is man's made thing. It only was in the last uh, 150 years that they even used Welch's grape juice. I have a jar in my office that shows it's a 1925 grape juice bottle. Inside of it, it is all coagulated. It does not represent the blood of Jesus Christ. I was looking for a wine bottle, a vintage that was about the same age, 1925, and I found one pretty close. It was in the 30s, and they wanted $6,000 for it. I didn't buy it. But I do have a 1925 Welch's grape juice bottle I found in an antique store for $7. I still have that. And I wouldn't drink that. But if you had an old wine, you could drink it. And the difference is when they tampered with the Welch's grape juice, they took all the power out of it. But when you make wine like the Jewish rabbis make it, they make it where the power stays in it, and they can be 2,000 years old, and it'll still be clear, crystal clear. Thank you. I'm very protective of this. If this ever got broke, I would absolutely weep and cry. This has convinced so many people that what we take is right because it's a type. If you look at that, and if you come up here and look at it, don't even pick it up. Don't even think about it. But you can see the sediment in it does not represent the blood of Jesus Christ at all. But if we had a crystal clear wine cup today and put about that much of good communion wine in it, I'm not talking about alcoholics wine that gets drunk on. I'm talking about communion wine, specifically for communion. That's all we use. If you took that and put it in a little plastic cup and put it on the shelf for a week and you poured today's Welch's grape juice in the same amount in a container and put it on the shelf in the middle of summer, it works faster that way, it's hot. You come back the next week, Welch's grape juice has hair growing out of the glass. And wine is crystal clear because of the power in itself to cleanse itself. I don't need somebody to cleanse me today. I need the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse me. I need a type that's so close to what he does and what he wanted that it cleanses me. It has power in itself to cleanse itself. And that's what we take. And the unleavened bread is taking so much time with people. They make sure that they do unleavened bread just exactly right. And they should because it represents the blood, the body of Jesus Christ. 
but the wine represents the blood of Jesus. If you put wine in a bottle like this and you put a cork in it just after you've squeezed the grapes, in three days, that cork will pop itself. What happened in three days when they put Jesus in the grave? Three days, he came out victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. There's power in doing what's right. And there's power in what is right. And I don't condemn anybody for whatever they use or whatever they do because it just is a type. But I'd rather have the closest type. And let me just give you a little illustration. Uzzah in the Old Testament was marching with the Ark of the Covenant when it was on its way back. There was a celebration to bring it back to Jerusalem. And he merely touched it, which he was not supposed to touch it. It was to be carried with men on each shoulder carrying staves put through rings on each corner of the mercy seat. That little Ark of the Covenant. And he touched it just to stay it. In doing good, he stayed it to keep it from falling. And he lost his life. And for several months now, that set until David finally figured out that you carry it. You don't put it on a cart. All of those are types and shadows of what we need to do today. Nobody can carry ourselves and nobody can stabilize ourselves. But I'll tell you one thing, the blood of Jesus Christ can. And we need to rejoice in the fact that Jesus has cleansed us and we stand cleansed. And what we do in communion doesn't take our sins away if we've been baptized in Jesus' name. It merely commemorates what Jesus did for us. We don't have his blood, but he did shed his blood, and we were cleansed by it when we follow the type. The type is in that watery grave right there. We don't throw dirt on people's faces and bury them alive. It's a type of burial. It's water. It's a type of burial. And there is a name that goes over you when you're baptized in Jesus' name that does the work because it goes all the way back to Calvary and picks up the blood of the Lamb and brings it right back here. Oh, hallelujah. Literally, well, you can call it whatever you want, but I'm going to tell you that when you're baptized in Jesus' name, your sins are so sent so far away that nobody could ever bring them up again. And if they do, they're in trouble of their own God. I'm here to tell you, this is the most powerful service that we could ever have in our life. And I'll try to complete this with 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 7. This is, this is so powerful. The power to cleanse itself and carry off your sins and stay pure when you stay under the blood. The blood that has power to cleanse the worst of sinners and still remain clean after the cleansing of a sinner. You must remain under the covering. How do you stay under the blood? Repentance. Between now and Sunday night, make it right with God. Make it right with your neighbor. Make it right with yourself. Prayer. Studying the word of God. Do not blame or accuse others. Be responsible for your own actions. Continue to plead the blood of Jesus Christ. I wish I could somehow 
bring this to you with great understanding today. But in this 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 7, it's a powerful scripture. There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three agree in one. How many of you believe that? I want you to believe verse 8. There are three that bear witness in the earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. Hallelujah. I love the Spirit of God. We felt it here tonight. You experienced the, the Spirit of God. We have a covering. It's the Spirit of God. We've been washed in a watery grave in Jesus' name. And the blood has cleansed us. And those three agree in one. That's why this church has power. That's why people come and they'll say, we like your music and we like your spirit. We're a little concerned about your doctrine. Well, when they have a revelation of our doctrine, they're, they're well prepared to understand why we worship the one true God. Father, Word, Holy Ghost agree. They are one. The Spirit, the water, and the blood, these three agree. Today, as we stand, I want us to recognize today that God has cleansed us and we're under the covering of his blood. There is a scripture that said, Blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impute sin. And I want you to carefully listen to me. Carefully listen to me. God does not impute sin to people that's been under the blood. Impute means charge. Put to your charge. Now, why does the scripture say that? We as saints of God have a covering. And we're going to commemorate that Sunday night when we have communion. The covering of the blood of Jesus in type as scripture teaches. And so tonight, as we close in this service, I want you to fully understand and comprehend that once you're baptized in Jesus' name and you have the Holy Ghost, it is so easy to be right with God. One preacher preached, Brother Terry by name, said only a fool would go to hell. You know why he preached that lesson? Because we have access to God. And we're under the covering of his blood. Oh, hallelujah. So he does not impute sin to us. He doesn't charge us with sin. If we confess our faults and understand that he's faithful and just to forgive us of all our iniquities. Somebody ought to already be shouting, because I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. The only thing that's made us right is the blood of Jesus Christ. The only thing that's cleansed me is the blood of Jesus Christ. The difference in this church is the blood of Jesus Christ. The difference in this church is we still have communion and foot washing where a lot of churches do not. Today, as we complete this, the body of Jesus is healing and if you need healing in your body
tonight you can make your way forward as we pray for Sister Lopez, her family, Brother Gilbert Ankehan, I see he's here, he lost his father this week, and also Sister Helen's family, Brother Rangel, Brother Mario Rangel, our pastor on the east side of the branch, his, his father passed away. We want to pray for all of these families. Sister Eccles, Monroe Brock, Betty Pertell recuperating, Ariel McCabe, their daughter, Armando Garza, Zane Rosler. All of these requests, bless those that will be put on the board, we're going to pray for. And as you come forward, if you need healing in your bodies, we're reserving this time every week to anoint with oil and pray for the sick that God will do a work in your body. At the close of this service, we want Calvary just as strong as communion. By his stripes, we are healed. Is anybody saying amen? Does anybody believe there's healing in the blood of Jesus? There's power in the blood of Jesus. There's forgiveness in the blood of Jesus. Would you lift your voices?